just feel to encourage everyone that God um, is continuing to say this is a time for listening. And as you're listening, I feel like he was saying there's a promise that he's releasing a new sound. Um, he's revealing a part of himself that's never been revealed to any other generation before. So be excited. You're born for such a time as this. Um, I had an experience where I, I heard a bird singing and I went searching for the bird and I couldn't find him. And I felt God saying, um, this represents what it's going to look like. We hear it and we draw to him. And, and I just couldn't see this bird. And I knew I had to draw closer to the tree to find this bird. And as I drew closer, um, the bird actually eventually came on a branch closer to me. And just reminded me of that promise. God said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. So he's not holding back. He'll actually step closer to help us. So um, be excited. He's about to reveal a part of himself that has never been heard before. As I sat with the Lord today, my heart's intent was to know him more. So I asked him a question. I said, Father, what's the most, your most favorite thing in the whole world today? And I heard him say, when my people look at me. And I thought, wow. He didn't say when my people look to me, and it's absolutely right for his people to look to him. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. But when we look at him, we see the way he looks at us, we see the love in his eyes, we see a safe place, and we just know everything's going to be okay. And when we look at him, we're not looking at our circumstances or what's going on in the world. We're looking at him who loves us more than life. And I was just reminded of the scripture, um, Psalm 32 verse 8 in the Passion Translation. It says, I heard the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So I understand why it's so important for us to be looking at him because that's the way he's guiding us. So I just encourage you, look at him who loves you more than life. Hey folks, so good to be with you. That was just a phenomenal worship set that the guys did. I was lucky enough to be here. I got a backstage pass because I was gonna be sharing a quick message with you, so I snuck in. And you might've even seen me hop up on the drum there. That was special treat for being being here it's going to be very exciting um, my son's going to be watching and think I'm a celebrity because I'll be on the TV and it's going to be super awkward for me to be watching myself but we embrace the awkwardness don't we in this season Amen. zoom is creating all kinds of new social awkwardness situations and excitement and uh, for all of those of you who have connected in via Zoom. I just want to exhort you and encourage you. That's been amazing uh, to be part of those different meetings. I know that it is challenging and uh, it is outside the box, but it's been really fruitful to gather together even in that way. And if you haven't yet, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're always welcome. We won't delete you off the list if you don't show up, but we do encourage you to get on there and connect in. It does bring home the um, the fact that we miss one another in this time, that we actually do so value our corporate gatherings, uh, that we get to come together and celebrate every week and worship together 
and uh, I'm really missing um, that. You know, so many friends that I uh, don't get to see or spend time with, but um, my church family, even if it's just in passing, I generally get to see most of you every week on a Sunday. So it is tough not seeing you all. And uh, I'm totally open to phone calls. If you, any of you fellas missing, missing me, give us a buzz, give us a call. Um, yeah, it'd be really great to hear from you. So yeah, I'm not going to uh, say too much. I'm going to read to you today and hopefully encourage you and um, yeah, share something from the word. I really felt to uh, read from you today and I want to read for you and read to you from uh, John 17, Jesus' prayer for his disciples. And I'm just going to pick up from 17, verse 6. Father, I have manifested who you really are, and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave me. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me, you gave to me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence and they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, those you have given me. For all who belong to me now belong to you, and all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Isn't it awesome that even Jesus acknowledges that everything that he had was a gift from the Father? And that every word that he spoke was a gift from the Father. And that he passed them on, he gave them, he gave them away. And in the same way in this season, we have uh, such a special um, promise that we carry in our hearts. And we're called to be a light in this season, as, as in every season. But we have a unique opportunity in this season to reflect the glory of the Lord. And that his glory is revealed through our surrendered lives. That we're not trying to do anything in particular other than yield our lives and our hearts to the Lord and see that in everything that we do, the glory of God is revealed through our lives. I just wanted to read the footnotes from um, verse 9. So with deep love I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world. 
How could it be that Jesus loves the world and gave himself for the sin of the world, yet emphasizes that he is praying for his disciples and not praying for the world? Jesus is coming into the world, brings life to those who believe and judgment to those who do not. The implication is that the key to reaching the world is the life, maturity, unity and love of the disciples. This does not mean that Jesus doesn't love the world, but that the world will only be reached when the disciples come into the fullness of Christ and in unity of the faith. This is what consumes the heart of Jesus as he prays for them before the cross. It feels like a time and a season where there is maturity coming to the body of Christ and opportunities uh, being presented to us to demonstrate that maturity and that fullness which has been worked within our hearts. I'm so appreciative that I'm part of a community that has a high value on the exhale, the outward pulse of the love of God through our lives into the community. I've been picking up the threads of, you know, the bubble's been burst for a lot of very church-centric organizations and structures because they can't meet and they can't sort of um, congregate in those traditional ways and it's been a really healthy shake-up for the church because it's made sort of decentralize the church to a certain extent and causing people to look closer to hand and look at the people around them and the immediate focus and I know that it's easy to get very consumed by um, the church world and the church life and the Christian circles um, and we've had an emphasis from the from the outset that our church wouldn't be um, wouldn't fall into that trap and although we super have high value and we super appreciate the gathering and the congregation of the saints on a in a corporate sense and I, I believe that we're still to see so much incredible fruit out of that we're yet to actually see what glory city church darwin has in that space but it's really interesting to see that um, the shake-up that's happening as people realize that we are called to be the light of the world and the soul of the earth just as jesus is the light of the world not the light of the church and it comes uh, brings me into this verse of jesus praying for us and his heart for us to, to know him and abide with him and to yield to, to everything that he is and everything that the Father wants to give us so that that's what we overflow into the world around us. I'll continue reading from verse 11. Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return and be with you, but my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one that you have given me and watch over them so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you have given me, I have kept them safe by your name that you have given me. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost so that the scripture would be fulfilled. 
But now I am returning to you. So, Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into the joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them, for their allegiance is no longer to this world, because I am not of this world. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Jesus has prayed that we will experience and enter into his joyous delight in the Father so that it will be fulfilled in us and overflow. So in Christ, we get to, into, get to enter into that joyous delight that he shares with the Father. Just as they are one, that we would be one. It's like the service station of heaven, isn't it? To be filled with the joyous delight of our Father. It's the oil that makes the whole machine operate smoothly. From 17, your word is truth. So make them holy by, your, by the truth. I've commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. There's no greater love than to lay down your life for your brethren. Isn't it so true? And we, we get that same privilege to lay down our lives that when we acknowledge that it is no longer us who live, that it's Christ who lives, when we prioritize the reality of Christ over our own lives, we're actually choosing to lay down our lives for other people. And the fruit of that is so much more precious than the price that you pay, that it's incomparable, in fact. And you look back and measure the price that you've paid in comparison to what the Lord has poured into your life and you will think it was worth it. From verse 20, And I ask not only for these disciples but also for all of those who will one day believe in me through their message. He's praying for us, praying right now for us. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us. Haha, <laughs> he was being joined to the Lord, eh? So that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them, so that they will be joined together as one. You could spend hours reading 
those last few verses and just unpacking the reality of what, what the Lord is saying there about the unity, about the, the, the oneness that we share with the Lord. That there's an incredible invitation for us to be part of the family of God. That it would be the Father, the Holy Spirit, and many sons and daughters. I mean, Jesus is the firstborn among many. The, the, the nature of the family has changed. And experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them. The fullness of the Godhead lives in you. That's worth taking a bit of time to consider each morning when you wake up and you go about your daily routine. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Talk about building your life on a firm foundation, on an unshakable rock, the love of the Father, the love that each one, that you, Father, the Father loves you with the same passionate love that he has for Jesus. That's a hard thing for us to believe, isn't it, sometimes? We can, we can imagine the love of the Father for his son, Jesus, the perfect one. But can you imagine it for you? Can, you? can you abide in that place? Can you rest in that place? Because that's a fountain that never runs dry. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. One of our um, core values, as I mentioned, is that we would be pulsing outward, that we would be exhaling the, the, the life of Jesus, the life of Christ, the love of the Father that we inhale as we abide and spend time and pursue the Father, that our lives would be pulsing outwardly as we, we, we are the yeast of the kingdom in our communities. And I'm sure that you've all heard that language before in, our, in the context of our community. And I'm just really excited by the opportunity that the current situation is presenting us with 
And I would like to give you all an assignment to go and do something awesome. But I actually don't know your lives well enough to tell you to go and do something. But I know that as you abide in the love of the Father, as you're conscious that, the, that God lives in all of his fullness in you, that in the opportunities that are presented, they're unique opportunities in this season. And every single one of us is being presented with a different opportunity. And we may not get this opportunity again. There's, there's going to be fruit coming from this that is going to, is going to be just incredible uh, testimony of how the Lord works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So I just really wanted to exhort you all to, to be thinking outwardly, to be thinking and to be looking into the community and to be seizing those opportunities to reveal the goodness of God, to reveal the glory of God, because he's chosen to reveal his good glory and his goodness through his disciples, through us. And you have what it takes. You have so much to give when you realize that you have the Father inside you. So I'd like to close in prayer and encourage you to continue to seek fellowship with, uh, with believers, whether that be over the fence or on cyberspace or however it may be. Continue to, to connect. Stay connected in this time. Don't, don't be isolated. Stir one another up for love and good works. And if you can, at 1.5 meters apart, team up with a brother and go and be salt and light in the community. So I'll pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this incredible family that we have. Thank you for the opportunity to, to share and to get into your word together uh, in, in this corporate way um, through, through our modern technology. I thank you for everyone who's, who's set some time aside today to, um, to gather and congregate with the saints, albeit in cyberspace, and to be one, Lord, as you and the Father are one. I pray that your prayer for us would resonate in our hearts over this coming week and that we would spend time to draw near to you, to be still, to turn aside and to start really pressing in to the incomparably great power toward us who believe. That your love would abound in our hearts more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that your people would be able to discern what is best. So that we would be able to seize the opportunities presented to us and represent and reveal the heart of the Father, whether it's through the peace in our hearts in the face of challenges, or whether it's through an act of kindness, whatever it may be for each one of us, that you would be glorified through our lives, Father. And I thank you for these wonderful people, and I thank you, Lord, that we get to do life and family together.
and we're looking forward to the day where we can give each other big hugs and kisses. In Jesus' name, amen. introduce to you our little what's her name? <laughs> this is Danielle Hope for Ruby Lee. We're very excited to receive a beautiful new daughter and Shakana are you excited? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Danielle is a testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness, and we are blessed. We love you all lots so much. And <laughs> 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 look forward to seeing you guys soon. Um, yeah, hopefully in all of this corona craziness it'll be sooner rather than later love you lots and talk to you soon hey everyone it's pastor naomi here and we're so excited that you've joined us for church online this week hey we need your help we want to um over the next however long this lasts for make sure that we have a chunk of our time online featuring you featuring the good things that God is doing in your life and in the lives of the people that you have contact with. Philippians 4 verse 8, it tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if, there's any, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We want to be focusing on the goodness of God and we want to be focusing on the things that God is doing um, in this time. So how can you help? Send in a 30 second testimony. It might be a good news story God provided for me, um, something good that's happened in your life. It might be um, that you got to minister God's love to someone it could be the protection of God. I don't really, there's so many things that God is doing. I want you to send in a 30 second testimony. Keep it short, sharp and shiny and tell us what the Lord is doing. I can't wait till we've got so many that we can't fit them all in um, for the one week. So um, please send them to either myself or our admin email address and that's admin at glorycitydarwin.com. Bless you guys. Let's be declaring the goodness of God and feasting on the good things that he's doing during this time. Thanks for joining us.